0: Nine two
1: five three seven seven
2: star.
1: You have a plan for your life, you've set goals, you know where you want to go. Congratulations on finding star style. Be the star you are. Our vibrant hosts, passion, purpose, and possibility producer Cynthia Bryan and her energetic daughter, healthy living specialist Heather Brittany, share the best roads, fastest detours, and successful strategies for a life worth living on star Style, be the star you are. Lend us your ears. The party starts now. Never say never.
3: Live your dream. Well, hello, Power Partners. Welcome to our playground. It's party time here at star Style. be the star you are. We are brought to the airwaves under the auspices of Be the Star You Are 501C3 Charity. And we're your hosts. I'm Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Brittany. And you are listening to us live on the Voice America Empowerment Channel, where we strive to seed, stimulate, and support space for positive, meaningful conversations. So we hope that we are helping you to catapult to the stars, land on them, and help your dreams come true. The Miracle Moment for today is brought to you by Be The Star You Are Charity. You can find out more at btsya.org. And I thought this is kind of a funny one for summer and kind of fun. It's, and really I don't know who wrote it. It says Source Unknown. Hospitality is making your guests feel right at home, even if you wish they were. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I thought about that because so many people are traveling in the summer and then so many people either are stopping by other people's houses or staying there and and, you know, sometimes guests can be like fish, you know, three days and it's enough. <laughs> <But> yeah. <laughs> some people tend to come and stay like a really, really long time. So I thought that was kind of, um, that was a funny uh, a miracle moment. Well, uh, we have a wonderful show for you today. We're going to uh, be starting off in just a bit with Health Matters when Heather's going to give us the signs that could be the culprits that are keeping us up at night. And it might be a sleep disorder, but who knows? Then in segment two, a really special guest is coming on, Jeffrey James, who is a columnist for Inc.com. And he is bringing us his book, Business Without the Bullshit. And I Mm -hmm. understand I can say that on the radio, so it's okay. But there's actually an asterisk between S-H and the T. Uh, And what's so interesting about his book is He has spent decades observing and documenting how, you know, business people manage bosses and coworkers and customers and careers, and he really has some great insights, so that's going to be fun. And then in segment three, we all underestimate how our own personal agenda can affect people we know and don't know, so we're going to talk about the gift of affirmation and how smiling is an incredibly effective affirmation. Of course, Heather, you and I know all about smiling. We're kind of like the <laughs> the smile sisters, right? There's always one yeah. on our face. <laughs> I want to give a, a quick shout-out because we will soon, in September, be celebrating the Pear Festival, and I want to just say thank you to our, our two sponsors of the fair so far and... Um, that is, Blue Ocean Bob is going to be sponsoring, again, that is the wonderful children's book that um, is by Brooks Olbury from New York, and so thank you so much, and we're going to be giving that book away. And then Michael Verbrugge Construction, who really cares about literacy and, and people, and he has also um, contributed to our sponsorship, so thank you to both of you. So let's talk about the real reasons you are exhausted in the morning. I mean, if you get up and you don't have any go-go, you know, in your go-go, how do you get mm-hmm. that mojo going? So is it really insomina, insomnia or is something else happening that we need to know? What do you think about this, Heather?
4: That was a lot of ogos and mogos. I
3: know, and mojos.
4: And, <laughs> well, <laughs> let's just get out. You, well, yeah, so, you, you know, insomnia, uh, I don't have. I do know what that song gets, is, uh, anyway all the insomnia kind of, you know, gets all the credit for things. but There's actually to be a lot of other stuff going on. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, it isn't even uh, trouble getting to sleep. People will say, you know, I go to I go to sleep at a decent time, but I always wake up so exhausted, you know, even when I sleep a lot. And what is that, you know, because people think, oh, you're just getting to get better sleep habits, going to bed early. So maybe it's not that you're staying up at night. It's that things are waking up throughout the night, and there's various things going on. Maybe it is something. So, first thing kind of getting to is, one, maybe you snore at night, and we don't really think about that as snoring as being something that's leading to, you know, poor sleep, of something that's keeping us awake, but it is. How many times have you woken yourself up because you snored loudly? I know so many times, you know, you always think, like, oh, I don't snore, and then it's your own snores that wake you up. You're like, oh, God, sorry, my goodness. And what you know, issue? I mean, I've oh.
3: actually had that happen to me, where you fall asleep just getting a reflexology or something, and yeah. then all of a sudden you wake yourself up because you got this, you know, and, I, and I'm so embarrassed. Yeah. But of course, almost everybody does it from time to time. But if you're snoring all the time, that could be a sign of something else that's going on.
4: Yeah. Well, no. Well, for one reason, too... And sometimes you know just like sleeping on your back, I try my best to sleep on my back because skin-wise, it fights against gravity. And the more when you sleep on your stomach, that's how you get those lines against your chest and your neck. So that's just a side little beauty product uh, thing, girls. But, but um, when, a lot of times, if you sleep on your back, what that's the perfect kind of angle for your mouth to open, your tongue to kind of be back in the. In the back of your mouth. So what happens is that your airways close and your nasal closed. So what happens? Your your oxygen. You're trying to get air and it has to go through your nose and you make those sounds. So it could be as simple as just the way you're laying, or it could actually be sleep apnea too, where um, basically what that is, you know, that people are being woken up. Um, hundreds of times uh, from the night of just these little things of of uh, almost sort of not being able to, to breathe these motions and what can happen that is that puts you at higher uh, risk for heart disease, stroke, diabetes, high blood pressure, so all kind of no good stuff. So any with any of that stuff, kind of yeah, check out with
1: the doctor. but you know what? If you
3: flip over onto your stomach, as you said earlier, and I know that you know that's when the wrinkles come because I know I have I have wrinkles from literally I'm a stomach sleeper. But if you do flip over to your stomach, normally you
4: don't snore when you're on your stomach, right? When you uh, most of the time, no, yeah. So it's—I mean—you can do that by sleeping on your side too. It's just sort of kind of finding a, a, a proper, you know, position for yourself that you're going to be comfortable too. I mean, you see now also with those new, like, sleep number bed things where you can remote control do it, that people, if you're just, if you're propped up, you know, at a proper angle where you can still be on your back, but just sort of, you know, if this slightly lift your chest lifted, your, uh, your chin lifted, uh, tilted forward, that can help avoid that as well. Um, another thing, moving on from that one there, because if you grind your teeth at night, I am someone who does grind my teeth. If you ever wake up in the morning and you feel like you have a headache or your jaw's really sore, they're not really sure what causes it. A lot of times they think anxiety, which I can one hundred percent view with, you know, sometimes just stresses the world, you know, when you start to just kinda right. uh, clinch down. Um what you know, kinda. What about a mouth eye? Yeah, a a mouth eye, exactly. I used to have one of those, I don't know what happened to it, you know, all the different things changes into my mouth, but also what can happen too is there'd be times I'd take it out and all that, so that is the biggest thing is that your dentist, what can happen over time is this can, you know, it can ruin your enamel, again, headaches, tensions, it can just be really uncomfortable for you overall and just kind of build up um, and actually increase things for migraines, um, and again, your teeth, it can wear down on your teeth and really kind of mess up your dental uh, dental work, so again, talk with your dentist about getting one of these mouth guards that can fit your mouth in it, Kind of loosen that and it just it allows you to have your mouth still shut to help you avoid from snoring, but just still kind of comfortably being uh, protected. Another thing is your body clock can just be completely off. And this is something I feel like I may have been suffering for the last almost two years now after going to Thailand and being in this kind of different thing. And so um, what I'm basically saying is that your biological clock is off is that a lot of times people are just not even tired until really, really late at night. And I feel for me a lot of times that can be it. I feel like I'm, I'm up. I, I feel like it's they look at the clock and you think oh my gosh it's 2 in the morning kind of thing and what there's actually an actual thing for it so it's D, DSPS um, which is Delayed Sleep Phase Syndrome and that's sort of like just a technical term for it and about 10 I've people I've never even uh, 10 heard people, of that I've never yeah, even so heard about, they say wow. about 10% of people who um, are seeking treatment for insomnia this actually turns out to be the thing and, and basically what happens is there's you know a glitch in your body that's preventing uh, making that Melatonin um, that kind of tells you, you know, okay, it's time to, to go to bed. And that's why a lot of times people will take melatonin as a supplement because um, it can help you go to sleep. So, a lot of times, if you're not feeling tired till you know, midnight or even later, um, the prime sign could be this PS, uh, excuse me, PS, deep SPS. Um, and they, when they say one of the biggest things that uh, an early sign of it is that if you were like a night owl since high school, and I feel like since high school is when those things, when I started coming of staying up later. And I think that's when, uh, you know, high school, uh, what do you call it, the homework and stuff, becomes more, um, you know, sort of almost like a workload when you're at that age, more stresses, those little things that can keep you up. But also what, help, what can happen with that is over time, this lack of sleep um, can lead to things, you know, such as high blood pressure, heart attacks. We've talked about this before, of that lack of sleep that your body needs this full REM cycle. So of the biggest thing is first kind of, fixing things with sleep, always easier said than done, but uh, the biggest thing that uh, these kind of uh, scientists or these researchers that did all this information for this say, um, you know, within uh, 90 minutes of when you're planning to go to bed, you know, kind of starting to turn away from electronical things, you know, your phone, TV, computers, we were exposed to all that unnatural light. Uh, a lot of times, I don't know if you've ever experienced it, after being a computer all day, you go, you lay in bed, and it still feel, you can it's dark, but you can still feel kind of a brightness in your eyes. Right. Uh, I was going to say, we, we, you
3: actually see a brightness. You kind of see exactly,
4: that. Yeah. Exactly. So it seems we're just so exposed to these things. So kind of start preparing yourself with... Um, uh, preparing yourself for kind of sleep time by just kind of quieting things down, um, you know, limiting caffeine. Um, uh, what do you call it? You saying not doing exercise so late in the evening because that gets your heart rate back up and start, you know, kind of just starting the whole kind of uh, daily cycle over again. Another thing too, um, this I've kind of experienced with uh, before, but also heard that people, especially a little bit older, experience um, is this jittery kind of leg syndrome. People will say you know this creepy crawling feeling people get. It's you have your legs fall asleep, think about that, but like you're constantly feeling. And what they say with restless, with restless, Leg syndrome. There we go. Um, is that um, what happens? Is that or your body is not some is not um, transmitting correctly to your brain? Sort of these nerve ending things saying that what pain is and sensitivity. So people start getting this feeling like you know bugs crawling on that your like your legs falling asleep. And God, you would know that would be keeping you up at night. I've woken up if you've ever kind of fallen asleep in a weird position. You wake up with a dead arm, you know, or your leg. You kind of you right, numb right. yourself out. Think about that, but it constantly. I mean, that's the worst. And those be dangerous, actually, those times when you do fall asleep that you can cut off the circulation with things, because a lot of times, your first instinct might be to stand up, and when you have that no lack of control with that, oftentimes people can break in, uh, break ankles or sprain ankles, so just be cautious of that stuff, but um, something to help with this kind of this leg, this creepy crawly leg syndrome, is putting ice packs or warm packs um, on uh, your muscles and your legs prior to bed, doing massages, things like the reflexology. What you did is fantastic because um, Laura knows so much we spend so much of our day on our feet, and we're so—that's why your feet are so tired. They're constantly in movement, and if you know, you don't walk flat. You sort of walk as um, almost like it is a grabbing motion, almost with your feet. So they're so exhausted. What happens is your feet start throbbing, you know, the muscles are sore, and then throughout your body, your other muscles begin to tension up. If you ever had those Charlie horses, that's actually leads me to another thing with the Charlie right, horses. Right? Is that low? That's low potassium, though, right? Yeah, horses? low potassium. That's a thing that say that's why um, usually. I mean, there's other things that can come, but low potassium is, is the biggest sign of that. Um, that's why your muscles cramp up in general. Um, the quick fix is that everyone says you know eat a banana, which is very true um, because banana also has the sugar that's gonna kinda of stimulate your body into it. But um, surprisingly banana is are not the highest things. Leafy greens tend to be a lot more um, potassium rich. However at, you know, one AM who or you know very late at night, who wants to, you know, reach for a big bowl of Kind of thing. A banana has that kind of sweet factor to it, almost kind of dessert feeling. Sometimes I love bananas, and I actually have low potassium. I've been very long time since I've had a Charlie horse, but I must say those are horrific things. They do keep you overnight, or just overall soreness throughout the night. Um, you know, our, our wear and tear just throughout you know our day stuff of carrying bags. Lord knows, you see kids now; they they have suitcases that they carry to school. We put so much weight on our bodies, and as we as we age, certain things and our body starts deteriorating, discs start moving. Uh, When it comes to bed, you know, our our one-time rest at night, um, it's so important for our body to kind of have this whole cycle just for us to just truly recharge, but for our muscles to go uh, to rest it too. They need that time of rest to regain. That's how our whole body sort of works, that you need this this dormant state to kind of restart this uh, living state with it. Um, With, you know, if our beds aren't comfortable, easy there if our beds aren't comfortable our whole bodies aren't going to be comfortable so one of the things too if you have these sore muscles throughout the day and Lord knows we're always seeking massages is one thing um, that's really going to help aid it is putting Um, Effort into creating a really nice bed. Um, Mattresses, you know, can be so expensive. You can also get things for you know pretty inexpensive, um, and also not as well as quality. And I'm not saying that price equals quality with things, but I have to say, sometimes it doesn't. I think what you're saying is so critical. I think you have to really
3: lie down on the bed to see what's going to be comfortable for you.
4: Is that, and, too, for the most part, mattresses are a long-term commitment. You have them, you know, for at least 10 years. Um, so think about, you know, something, this isn't something, a lot of times it's sort of that, that first cut's the deepest, that you're going to pay a lot at once, but it's overall return. And a lot of times, um, many put, you know, with the warranties, you're, you're covered for many years. Um, and you just want to make sure, you know, with a mattress, your body, and t- this is that one time, you know, that you get to kind of rest your body that you want to have this nice, Situation that kind of goes for your overall uh, room as well. Make sure you have proper sunlight, proper uh, proper draping or closing, so that that way you get that proper sleep. Um, you need a dark place to get into that actual REM cycle and the proper amount of sleep too. Um, one thing with that why it makes uh, sleep just overall um, when you have these little wake ups throughout the night is when your body wakes up, your body does this whole REM thing. Is REM is a rapid eye movement? That's when you're having your most lucid dreams, which seem like they're hours, but they're really just seconds long, um, your body needs that. That's our deepest sleep. And so every time we wake up, our body restarts the cycle again. There's never a time that we can just instantly go back to that deep, deep sleep. That's why a lot of times if you wake up in the morning, you say 10 more minutes, and that 10 more minutes just becomes so gro- like you get up after and you just feel so exhausted your body's preparing itself so next time that you know the snooze goes off just get up that will help your body then but also just try to prepare a nice bedroom for yourself um, so that you can have that proper sleep that will possibly help aid all these other additional things that could be keeping you up
3: well i like all of that because you know i the older i get too the more i realize how important sleep is and i do think that we really need to just you know start getting getting the the substantial amount of sleep that we all need but these are great tips and i think the important thing is to know don't just think that it's insomnia it might be something else so let's wrap it up
4: yeah well you know those again those are my biggest my biggest wrap-up things: create um, a bedroom that's going to be comfortable for yourself. Have a really nice mattress. Um, you know, try to get to bed earlier. And, again, if there's any of these things, you know, that are uh, keeping you up and have been prolonged for more than a few months, seek a doctor's help um, before self-diagnosing with things, especially if you've noticed little things like the snoring that could potentially lead to self-sleep um, apnea. For right. more information on everything going on with Be The Star You Are and this great radio station and the radio show, go to Be The Star-y-ar.org, as well as com.
3: And when we come back from break, Jeffrey James will be with us. He's an award-winning columnist for inc.com and his book is just really phenomenal. It's Business Without the Bullshit: Forty Nine Secrets and Shortcuts You Need to Know, and I need to know, and we all need to know. So stay with us right here on Star Style. Be the star you are. We'll be back in a bit. I'm Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Brittany. Stay here.
1: Be the star you are. You are the star.
5: Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR, 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 and visit www.cynthiabryan.com. When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan, www.cynthiabryan.com.
1: you the star you are. Light up the flames.
5: you mm-hmm.
1: Plug in your headphones
0: and tune in to enlightening interviews with acclaimed authors and success experts. as our Oprah of the
2: Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan, gabs with the gurus. Lend us your ears for the Power Hour on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Now, here's Cynthia Bryan. I am here
3: with you, and I am Cynthia Bryan. Thank you for staying with us here on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Coming to you live from Voice America Network, we are the Empowerment Channel, and this show is brought to you under the auspices of Be the Star You Are charity, striving to empower you to be the best you can be. And every week, we bring you the pioneers on the planet, the gurus, the people who are making a difference and who can help you change your life. And today is absolutely no different. We have a fantastic guest with us Jeffrey James, he is an award-winning columnist for Inc.com. And he's come out with this terrific book, and I really mean terrific. It's business without the bullshit. And sorry for those of you, that's the name of the book. And it really is a truism. He he helps us clear that clutter from our life, have a more enjoyable time, and kind of deal with all the everyday issues that happen. Welcome Jeffrey to Star Style, Be the Star You Are.
2: Thank you for having me, Cynthia.
3: Well, I'm really excited, actually. Once I opened that book, you know, I mean, first of all, your title is a very fun title. And the way that you put it together with the S-H and then an asterisk T, uh, you know, I mean, it's like it it grabs you. But from the moment I opened the book, it is filled with really important uh, life. I would call them life-saving tips. Why don't you talk about how you got started on this? Because you've been writing, I believe it's like since 2007, uh, been uh, blogging uh, and uh, getting all these different people contacting you, et cetera. Give us a little bit of your background. What was the impetus to write this book and to help other people deal with their workers, their bosses, and even themselves?
2: Well, I get sent probably about 10 business books every week. And after a while, they started look, to look kind of similar. And most of them were kind of like 50,000-foot views of uh, big companies and how they you know, manage thousands of people. But I realized that most people don't need that level of complexity. What most people need is like just a simple guide to the problems that you run into in a normal, everyday job. So I wanted to create a book that had all the essential little techniques that would allow you to do the simple things at work like deal with difficult coworkers, or negotiate a salary review or write an email that drives a decision the direction that you want. Very simple things, but yet these are the pieces from which you can build your career.
3: You know, I uh, right in the beginning of your book, in your intro, you talk about how everyone's a freelancer, you are your own boss, and you have to sell yourself no matter what business you're in. I mean, these are things that I've always totally believed. I've always said to people, I doesn't, it doesn't matter who signs your paycheck. You are your own boss because you always have to do your best and bring yourself to the table. And in this day and age, there isn't any job security anymore. So... The fact that everything we do every moment of the day has to be a reflection of where we want to get to. So that is uh, about selling ourselves. So why don't we jump right in there to find out uh, about being a boss? Because not everyone is an entrepreneur or not everyone is their own, you know, even if they think they're their own boss. How do we start by managing a boss? And you start part one with that idea of what's the best way to work with it? And, of course, you give different kinds of bosses. So let's talk about those 12 kinds of bosses because during your lifetime, you're probably going to meet them all.
2: Yes, and it helps to know what motivates each boss. The main thing to know about managing your manager is that, The manager is there to secure resources for you so that you can be successful. And your job is to make your boss successful. And in organizations that work well, that's the relationship. The people, you make your boss successful, number one rule, and your boss makes you successful. That's your boss's number one rule. When that gets switched around, you still, your job is still to make your boss more successful, but you have to spend a certain amount of time finding another boss. A Which boss should... is a resource, a resource for you in your career. It's not. He's not your father. He's, she's not your mother. She's not a relative. She's not a, a you know, a commanding officer. A boss is just someone who's there to help you and the organization get things done. And so you use your boss as a resource just like you use your time as a resource, just like you use your computers as a resource, like you use everything else in your life in order to achieve the goals that that are important to you.
3: Well, let's talk about, and I'm skipping kind of uh, uh, right a bit forward here, but if the person above you, if your boss is just a bad boss, I mean, one of them that you talk about is the bully boss, and it's sort of like you just can't do anything right. Uh, Let's uh, explain what would be a tactic to get around that. Of course, I know you have the You have to start planning your strategy exit, your exit strategy, I mean.
2: That actually is the most important part of managing your boss, is not coming from a place of fear that you're going to lose your job or that you're going to get demoted or that you're going to get a lot of negative pressure. And the only way to do that is to always have at least three opportunities in the hopper. You should have a written plan of three places that you could be employed. You should be developing contacts in those places and figuring out how you would go about, and even writing it down, how you would go about pursuing an opportunity there. What that does is two things. First of all, you may very well find a better job. But second of all, you'll be able to talk to your boss as an equal. I'm offering this to you, so you have to offer this back. So it's a relationship of equals. Now, when if your boss bullies you or... Yells at you, and this actually goes for a customer, a boss, a coworker—actually, anybody. You cannot appease them. You cannot say, "Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry." You cannot let them get away with that behavior. If you do that, you might as well just tattoo "Welcome" across your belly and lay down.
3: Right, because, because it doesn't—that will just continue. They—they're going to walk all over you from that point on.
2: That's part of it, but it's also when people get angry. It's because they're frustrated and they're trying to make a connection with you. And when you create that situation of being really subservient, you just lock the relationship into that, into that place, whether the boss really wants it to be there or not. So what you have to do is you have to raise your level of intensity and you have to say, we will talk about this, but you're going to have to talk to me as a professional, in a professional manner. And then if you don't get that immediately, you leave. You get out of the office, you go out, you step out and get out of the meeting, said, we'll return to this when you can act professionally.
3: And And that that is the That goes for every relationship, I think, too. I mean, as you said, it's not just a boss. That is any relationship. It's a great strategy.
2: Uh, Yeah, I think that's true. I think it's also true of personal relationships. Uh, And, in fact, the relationships you have with people at work are, of course, personal, and the same personal rules hold. The mistake Mm -hmm. that people make, though, and you, you can't draw two close a parallel, is that the people you work with are not your family and you have no obligation nor do you want to reproduce your family dynamics or their family dynamics in the workplace. There's a Professionalism is a little bit different than the relationship that you have with friends and family. Professionalism is a set of courtesies that are required in order to get work done and they're there for a reason and if you do not insist upon professionalism, you will not be treated as a professional
3: that is i think the a most important uh, wisdom is because so many people decide you know that this job is their only job or they you know they don't feel that they're going to be qualified for something else or they think that it's so difficult to get the next one you advocate also you always have to be prepared to have 6 months worth of living expenses so that if you do become unemployed that you will you know not just be desperate You talk about in a uh, chapter in the book, and for those of you just joining us now, we are speaking with Jeffrey James. He is a columnist for Inc.com, and his book is Business Without the Bullshit, 49 Secrets and Shortcuts You Need to Know. And these are all simple tips, and at the end of each chapter, he gives you a shortcut so that you can kind of get straight to it. But how about that? Let's talk about the job interview because... That is something that so many people, they feel that they're going to do a great job, but then maybe they don't do their homework in advance to do the research of the firm. Or, you know, they give answers that they think they're expected to answer. What are your opinions on how to ace the job interview?
2: 90% of it, as in many business situations, is the attitude that you go into it with. If you go into the attitude that you're being uh, vetted or screened or going in front of like a board of approval or something, you're not going to do as well as if you think of it as what I'm doing is having a conversation to determine whether I want to work there. Mm
3: -hmm. Yeah, again, you're in charge. You're always in charge.
2: You're in charge, mutually in charge. Right. You should have questions ready that you can't find online or you should and you should go in with a sense based on the interview what it's going to be like to work there and you definitely don't want to have that as the only you know the only egg in your basket you want to have other things going you want to be constantly in today's job market you have to be constantly developing new opportunities and thinking about what you do next you need you can't just like make it amorphous oh well I could go put my resume out or something you should actually you should actively be developing contacts all the time. And what's wonderful about that is those contacts make you more valuable to your current employer as well. The broader your, le- the, your level of contacts, the more people you understand and know in your industry, the more valuable you are to the company that you're currently employed. So it's really to everyone's interest for you to have as many contacts and as, many, as wide a uh, set of relationships in your industry as possible.
3: Well, that gets me to another chapter of your book because, and this is something that is ubiquitous everywhere, is social media. Because what you you talk about in your chapter on how to use social media is how um, to understand the rewards and risks and what you should post and not post and making your resume relevant. So that gets to that point of Uh, Everything that you do needs to be current and involved in what it is you want to do as well as what it is you're doing.
2: The problem that most people have with social media and their employment, it's not so much what they're doing on Facebook um, because most people realize that your private stuff probably ought to remain private. Where people make the mistake is in their LinkedIn profile, which is primarily where employers are going to be looking and where they're likely to find you and where they're likely to look if you are developing a job opportunity. Most people think of LinkedIn like a resume, a set of time. Here are all the things that I've done in order. That's not really what you want because the things that you've done may not be immediately relevant to somebody else's idea of what they think they want done what you do is you have the job in mind that you're looking for and then you write your resume to show all the results you've gotten that are relative are relevant to that job that you'd really like it's a different way of thinking about it it's not a resume it's more like a here's where i am and what i think i can contribute and that's a very different thing and it's a much more effective way to present yourself
3: You know that is it is really different, and LinkedIn definitely is the more professional social media outlet, at least as as it comes today. But if somebody is actually looking for a job, how do they go about using LinkedIn, for example, to target individuals in the industry they're seeking? You have chapters in there about mentoring and and guiding, et cetera, and it, I found them very interesting because I also believe that you know a mentor, a mentor is different than somebody you hire as a coach, and it seems inappropriate just to contact somebody and say mentor me. I mean, you don't say those things. So, what do you recommend for people when they're actually seeking a certain job? is it appropriate for them to contact people on LinkedIn and ask for advice or tips or just say hello?
2: Well, in my experience, LinkedIn connections are often very uh, tenuous. Uh, People just click on people they know or people who know that they know, and they don't really represent real relationships in most cases. What is relevant, however, is if you look at the places that they've been and then you find other people who've worked there too or you look at your where you went to college and you see other people who went to college the same college at the same time so you look for other connections use LinkedIn as an indicator of other connections that then you can make in a more personal way otherwise all you're doing is the equivalent of cold calling in email which is called cold emailing and that is not Unless you're a very, very good at it, is not a good way to develop a relationship or even start a relationship.
3: Yeah, it doesn't seem to be very effective. Not, it can a, be. not
2: effective. Now it can be, and there's there are ways. and In fact, I cover that in the book: a ways to write a compelling email right. that immediately um, that makes it difficult for the other person not to respond with some sort of email back to you. However. That is actually a sales skill. And so, if you're ever in doubt of what skills you should be developing to uh, augment your higher ability and to increase your uh, skills in being able to job hunt or be able to develop your career, the first place you turn to is learn more about selling, learn more about how you do it, because that is actually the key to almost everything that goes on in the business world, whether people realize it or not.
3: And that gets back to your introduction, is that you must sell yourself. I mean, that is it is we even if we're not in sales, we are in sales. We are always selling ourselves. We're speaking with Jeffrey James. His book is Business Without the Bullshit, 49 Secrets and Shortcuts You Need to Know. And uh, he's really designed the book very simply. I love the way you did it, Jeffrey, because it really has... Severan uh, parts. So you start with how to manage your boss, and then it, you know how to cope with different things. How to manage your coworkers, the employees, yourself. Now that's a key one. How to communicate, hand, how to handle emergencies, and then how to cope with evil. Let's talk about managing ourselves because you know so often. You know we always say when you point your finger at somebody else, there's three fingers pointing back at you. We really do need to learn to manage our own uh, emotions, our job securities, how we interview, all of those things before we can really handle anything else.
2: That's absolutely true. And it's um, most people don't manage themselves very well. In fact, in my experience, many people treat themselves worse than their managers treating them. They have negative self talk or they um, are overly critical of what they do, or they're always putting themselves down, and um, what you really have to do is be your own booster, and uh, develop your strengths and be proud of what you can accomplish, and to, to to feel that, you know, build up the emotional strength to have courage to do what you need to do to take the risks you need to take to in order to advance your career. One of the things that people have problems with, as we spoke before, is being able to talk to a um, boss as an equal and be able to have a, a reasonable interchange. That is partly a manifestation of your ability to summon the courage to act in that manner. And it is exactly the same kind of courage that a salesperson has when they call on a CEO of a big company who's got thousands and thousands of people working for him. The salesperson has to come in as an equal knowing that he or she is adding has something of value that that CEO also needs. You go in as an equal, and that is the trick, really, to all business relationships. Is you go in with knowing that you have something important to contribute, and that that is a value to the other person. And
3: right, I are- agree. I I think that I think that is really the key that most people don't understand because it just saying the word boss, you know, or chief, or jefe or whatever. It already puts you in on a different level. So if it gets back to your introduction again, if we think of ourselves always as being self-employed, that we are our own bosses, and that the bosses that are hiring us need us as much as we need them, so it is a um, a, a, a very cooperative, or it needs to be a cooperative relationship if we both want to achieve what we need to achieve.
2: Well, it's funny that you'd say that about about boss because I agree that it has a negative connotation but for those of us who play video games a boss is someone you overcome in order to get to the next level yeah so
3: so, that is good
2: (laughs) it doesn't necessarily have the same negative connotation
3: no it actually uh, puts you in in the driver's seat let's say so tell me uh, Jeffrey you've been doing this for such a long time and you get a lot of emails from people do you have an e- you know a certain email that comes into you from time to time uh, that is similar to other ones? I mean, is there one or two complaints, issues, questions that just stand out as being, besides everything that's in your book because I'm pretty sure that almost everything you have pared it down to the most important issues that people um, are concerned about. But have you found that there's one thing over another that people are really, really, Worried about these days, is it more? Is it job security? Is it finances? Is it getting paid what they deserve?
2: Mostly what I see is people wanting to use because it's email, they want to use email to communicate um, to connect with other people, often with customers or with employers or with if they're recruiters, they want to connect with top candidates who may not be actively job hunting. And what I find is very common when people email strangers is that they go on and on about themselves or on and on about their company and their products and what they'd want. I'd love to have a conversation with you um, I, and you know I'd be happy to take the time. And the main thing that people need to know when communicating, particularly with strangers, but in general in business, is that... To other people, it's not about you. It's about them. And so you have to communicate from what's important to the other person. You need to be self-confident and you need to be positive about yourself. But that is how you talk to yourself. That's not how you talk to other people. You talk to other people in terms of what's important to them. Not what you want. Not who you are. Not what you're trying to accomplish. But how you can help them accomplish what they want to do and become the better person that they want to be. They want to
3: become. And you know that is again everything in life. You know it's that paradigm of life. The more you help others, the more you help yourself. And we really need to employ that in our business lives as well as our personal lives. But really listen to what the other person wants and needs and make sure that you are hearing them so that you actually can step up and uh, be their advocate because it's a mutual, you know, it's a symbiotic relationship, I guess, is, is what I'm trying to say is you help me, I help you, etc. Now, I have a question because you talk, you just talked about emails and you have a chapter on how to handle alarming emails. I imagine this could be for phone calls or whatever. And because email is really the way that most people. Uh, communicate these days as well as text, you're talking about if you get an alarming email like, you know, call me, we need to talk, whatever it is, not to respond right away because that gives you some time. Uh, talk to us ab- about that. Why do we need some time to take a breath and try to figure out what's going on so that we'll be prepared?
2: Well, Cynthia, that's one that I learned the hard way because my first reaction if i get an email like that is to immediately draft up a response expressing everything that i think the person might be worried about and going uh, i have i did that so many times early in my career and then i realized that i was just digging myself a deeper hole
3: they probably weren't even thinking about those things right
2: <laughs> you're just making the problem worse right what you and i have found when I put something like that, an alarming email aside, or one that just causes me to feel like I'm gonna blow up, I'm just get so angry. And then I'll come back and read it when after I've calmed down and I realized that they weren't really saying that at all. They were saying something else altogether. And I was just, it was just keying into some previous feeling that I had or some previous insecurity that I had about myself. So you wanna step back, you wanna. Don't want to respond right away. If you have to, you can stall saying, Well, let, you know, I'm in the middle of a project. I will get back to you uh, as soon as I possibly can on that. Give yourself some breathing space. Then reread it. And then, usually, it makes sense to ask for clarification. Uh, well, what exactly do you think might be the problem? Or, uh, what is it that you want to talk about so that I can prepare myself for the meeting? That's, that's like he says, we got to talk. You get that from your boss. That's the best way to respond, first wait, think about it. Maybe it's nothing. And then go, well, what exactly do you want to talk about? Because I want to make sure that I'm prepared for the meeting. And then you'll get, it turns out they're not going to talk about the way that you screwed up account ABC. They just want to talk about whether you want to go to California for a, you know, a conference or something you don't know what it's about until you ask so don't dig the hole deeper just find out more and then prepare yourself for the best response to whatever it is that is the other person's concern
3: well and you made a really good point there about taking a breath and waiting some time and don't respond quickly I think that goes for writing a letter or returning a phone call I know in my own life there have been times where you know i've gotten some letter that was so disturbing and i immediately type something up but i always say to myself okay i'm going to sleep on it i might feel differently in the morning and it's like i really have to hold on to myself not to send it but it's interesting how very often the next day you have a totally different look on it and you're so glad you didn't send it, you know, or you didn't respond. So that to me is great advice. Well, I want to give out your website. Again, this book is called Business Without the Bullshit, 49 Secrets and Shortcuts You Need to Know. I was in a meeting this morning. I had your book with me, and everybody was so intrigued, and we were talking about it, and they were like, oh, I need this book. And, so, and this is one of those books we all need because it's not just business. You can use the tips that Jeffrey has so adeptly uh, written about for just about any situation in life. His website is inc.com forward slash author forward slash Jeffrey dash James, and Jeffrey is spelled G-E-O-F-F-R-E-Y. Jeffrey, it has just been a delight to have you on, and this really is a very, very powerful book. So... Congratulations on getting it out there, and uh, best of success, and let's hope that we all can make better decisions and have some business without the bullshit.
2: Thank you so very much, Cynthia, for having me on your show. It's been delightful.
3: Thank you, Jeffrey. Well, when we come back from break, we're going to be talking about affirmations, how we can be more positive and think more optimistically about ourselves and create something happier for ourselves. Don't go away. You're listening to Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. And also during the break, visit Jeffrey's website, inc.com forward slash author forward slash Jeffrey hyphen James. Don't go away. The star
1: you are. The star you are.
5: Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan
3: most successful businesses in the world are very small and completely unknown to the general public. Most of these small companies dominate their market and they are secret stars. And they all share some common traits in providing leadership and self-reliance. These companies hire well, but they keep a minimum number of employees. They like to have more work than workers. They have a strong vision for what they want to accomplish they create a company culture that all the employees follow and enforce. Ambitious goals keep them on track, but they make sure their goals are realistic and attainable. Successful stars concentrate on their core strengths and outsource other specialties. They are focused, practice innovation on a continual basis, and monitor their competition. These star strategies can be applied to any business. Implement them and your company could be the next success story. Remember, you are the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another business bite from Star Style. For more information on coaching or consultations, visit star-style.com or call our offices, 925-377-STAR. That's 925-377-7827.
0: and jumpstart your dreams with positive, life-changing interviews and star-studded conversations on our award-winning program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are, hosted by the passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the Power Party.
3: Appreciation to you for staying here at our Power Party, where we always are bringing you the information, the edutainment, And the infotainment that will help you reach for the stars and land on them. I really do love this book, Business Without the Bullshit, 49 Secrets and Shortcuts You Need to Know. It's definitely going to be on my bedside table as I navigate the business world on a consistent basis. And I highly suggest that you pick up a copy. Jeffrey did a great job in writing it in very succinct and easy to understand and implement ways. Well, we're going to talk about the gift of affirmation. I promised you that uh, from at least a couple times a month, I'm going to bring you a chapter from my book, Be the Star You Are, 99 Gifts to Living, Loving, Laughing, and Learning to Make a Difference, which was um, an award-winning motivational book. And today's chapter is called The Gift of Affirmation. If you're interested in an autographed copy, you can go to starstyleradio.com, click on the store, and you can get it there. All monies will go to Be The Star You Are charity to keep this program on the air. So The Gift of Affirmation... My 16-year-old brother, David, was killed when the tractor he was driving turned over and crushed him. More than 1,500 people from across the valley and the state of California came to his funeral in an outpouring of love and respect. One elderly couple approached our family in tears and introduced themselves. They had met David a few years earlier when he stopped at their garage sale looking for antiques. This childless couple was poor in health and ready to give up on life. David, remarkably sensitive for a 14-year-old at the time, had sensed their isolation and their despair. From then on, he made a point of visiting them every week, walking over a mile to their home after his school activities were finished to share the events of his teenage days. They told us how David had renewed their interest in life by including them in his circle of friends. He had proven to them that they still had value in the world, and they enriched his life with wonderful stories of their past. Now, David had never mentioned this good deed to us, but affirming others was his way of making a small contribution to the good of mankind. His affirmation enriched and extended the lives of these two people and untold others. Do you know how to make people feel better about themselves the minute you walk into the room? By affirming them. It's incredibly simple, yet you can probably count on one hand the people you know who can do this. The secret is to notice what is positive about others and then tell them about it. Become a cheerleader and cheer them on. Many people are so busy protecting themselves and their interests that they can't focus on anything but the negative and threatening qualities in others. So look outside yourself. When you point out the positive in people, you inspire them to do their best. Tell others what they are doing right. Zero in on the good they've done that day. And even when it's difficult or nearly impossible, make that effort. No matter how minor, bring that one good thing to their attention. People will respond to you in amazing ways. And they too will start focusing on the positive, And you will see a new light in their eye. The people who are important in your daily life deserve daily affirmations. They may not be in positions of power. The people who matter most to me are those who give value to the simple things in life. Affirmation is a doorway to the heart and the soul. So let these people know that you appreciate them and care about them. Cherish them and praise them often because affirmation is a fundamental need of all humans. And just don't forget to put on a happy face because we underestimate how our own personal agenda affects people we know and don't know. Smiling is an incredibly effective affirmation, and even when you feel down, just make yourself smile. That will help improve everybody's mood, including yourself. So try an exercise of on a gray, rainy, awful day, walk down the street and smile. It costs you nothing and makes you feel better, and watch the astonishing results in those you pass. You know, put on a happy face. Help people notice the good in themselves, and when they feel special, they will be special. Well, thank you all for being such great listeners and allowing me into your life every week to be a personal growth guide and coach for you. We hope to bring you the authors and experts from around the world who can change your life for the better. For more information about Star Style, visit star-style.com. To make a donation to Be The Star You Are 501c3, go to bethestarur.org or btsya.org, if that's easier. My aim is to encourage, inspire, inform, amuse, and motivate. Cherish the past, dream of the future, celebrate every moment of your life, and read a book this week, because it's like a garden in your pocket. Pick up business without the bullshit. And until next week, when we celebrate again, remember that love always wins, kindness always prevails, and smiles will keep us all happy. My name is Cynthia Bryan. I thank you and encourage you to be the star you are. Have a wonderful week. Dream, create, inspire, make a difference. We'll be together next Wednesday, 4 to 5, right here on Star Style, Be the Star You Are on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a great week.